With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Clipper Nation, it is time to get your clip fix on. It is the clip fix. I am your host, Mike Jaglin, the Jaguar. Well, Clipper Nation, the season is upon us. We covered our first episode with the great Brian Seaman, the new voice of the Clippers. Now we've had a chance to sit back and uh, see some of our new parts for this uh, Clipper ship heading into the season. The preseason's over. I don't think it went the way uh, Clipper fans wanted uh, with a couple uh, knick-knack injuries and uh, Sham not playing up to Sham's capability. But, uh, you know, we really have to be excited about this team and the expectation level heading into the big battle LA matchup Tuesday, home against the hated Lakers. But first, before we get to our very special guest, and when I say very, I mean a man that is, ooh, he is something else. He's my Kazi, your Kazi, our Kozi, or Rosh Markazi. But first, it's time for Clip Takes. The man, Terrence Mann, second-round pick out of Florida State, shined in Summer League, and, you know, he has not backed down. The man can rebound. He can handle the ball. The only thing he lacks is really shooting, but he was able to make his presence felt all preseason long, being that actually best-case scenario backup point guard, possibly in the second unit. He's going to get minutes, and he doesn't back down. He went toe-to-toe with Luka, Luka, Luka Doncic. One thing man possesses that, uh, you know, we have not seen from Jerome Robinson over the last, I'd say, two training camps, one full season, is consistency. Man can rebound. Man can kind of be a floor general. It's kind of sad that, you know, we haven't seen Jerome take that step. We saw flashes in uh, the postseason last year, but Summer League didn't live up to expectation. Still, we're talking about a guy that was drafted as a lottery pick. And now with SGA gone, there is more attention being paid to Jerome. But Terrence Mann is proving that he can be that guy to play, I don't know, five, ten minutes, probably ten minutes a night if called upon. The backup point guard job is probably our weakest position. You could you could throw out the big man position past Zoo. But Terrence Mann's going to see the floor, and he's going to see opportunities to really play with this Clippers team. Clip take number two. What's the opening night starting lineup? Um, you know, without PG out there, uh, you know, is it going to be Kawhi, Bev, Mo, Sham, or Zoo? You know, that's my prediction, uh, especially opening night against LeBron. You're able to throw Kawhi and Mo at uh, at LeBron. 
another idea is starting Jamichael Green, which you know is another popular take out there. I get it. Um, I just feel that uh, with Mo, you're given a little more flexibility on the defensive end um, when playing with uh, Kawhi rather than Jamichael Green. I, I don't think that matchup favors the Clippers on the defensive end as much. Regardless, it's going to be interesting to see what rotation Doc goes for in that Lakers matchup. So the big slogan now that the Clippers are going for in this final clip take is hustle over hype. You know what I'm talking about. Hustle being the Clippers. We added PG. We added Kawhi. We hustled our way to an eight seed last year. And the hype. The hype that is the Los Angeles Lakers. AD. LeBron. And the used car parts. Now, the Laker train, you know, it's very, very vicious. Because the fans, they don't stop. They just believe that Avery Bradley is going to uh, all of a sudden turn into uh, some vintage defensive style. Oh, he's going to turn into Pat Beverly. That's what Clipper fans, uh, Laker fans believe, honestly. Uh, and uh, Dwight Howard is going to be Dwight before he came to the Lakers. None of that's going to happen. The bottom line is hustle over hype is what our franchise is going for. And it is what we have become over the course of this last five years under Steve Ballmer or, you know, even further over the course of the last seven years under Doc Rivers. This team's molded into kind of, you know, a, a, not a finesse team, more of an, you know, a uh, annoying team nationally and gravitated towards Bev, towards Harrell, you know, uh, towards Lou. And what we saw last year was indication that, um, you know, this was much more than hype. Uh, there is no hype around this team. If you live outside of L.A., you don't understand that the Lakers are the team in this town. But the Clippers are a better organization. They're better run from top to bottom. They have a better owner. They have a better coach. And they are also very active in the community now. That's something that I think this organization's really taken pride on. So when we're looking at hustle over hype, it is. And I, I honestly believe that's why the Clippers are going to be better than the Lakers this season. Hype can only do you so much. Listen, all the Laker fans have is to talk about their banners and talk about Kobe. Well, you know what? I'm a fan of Back to the Future, and I once loved DVD players, but those days are over. It's all about hustle, baby. Now it is time for a very special guest, the great Arash Markazi, formerly of ESPN, now at L.A. Times. He's the mayor of L.A. It's time for Arash. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to get your clip fix on with one of the greats, L.A. Times, Arash Markazi. Arash, how are you doing? Okay, first off, I got bumped for Sasha. Vujicic, and uh, <laughs> now the great up-close Roy Firestone. I, what's going on, Arash? That's why I call you the mayor. You, you, you cover... That's right. Uh, you're going to... So what do we, you're, what do we you're, have? You're, you're going to get a preview of like my upcoming columns here. So. That's, that's what <laughs> we want. That's day. what we want. The, the, the podcast launches tomorrow. What's the column about? What's going on? 
so we got a couple of different columns. We got one where we're catching up with the great Roy Firestone, host of those up-close episodes way back in the day where we used to, you know, run home from school and watch it at 2.30 before the uh, 3 o'clock sports center. And then Sasha Vujicic as well, caught up with him. He's got um, a winery up in Paso Robles. So those are two upcoming columns that you can uh, look forward to reading in the Los Angeles Times. Uh, I mean, we always look forward to reading uh, your columns. It's great that we can cry <laughs> like we watched up close, and we can uh, drink wine <laughs> while we are crying. I mean, that was, uh, I mean, that sounds like a great thing to do. But the re- the reason I, I you know I, I love you, you're you're one of the greats and one of my good friends. I wanted to bring you on because it's time. Battle of L.A. It's official. After all of these years we've waited of for a Laker Clipper rivalry in 2006, we almost had that playoff series didn't happen, and mm. it's things really never hit during Lot City at the end of Kobe. Here we are, Rosh. What are your expectations heading into the season, especially for the Clippers? Well, as you touched on it, I'm just so excited for both teams to be good at the same time. I mean, this is the first time both teams are championship contenders going into the season. I mean, I think even 2006, those were two kind of like lower seed teams that even if they met in the second round, I mean, that, that would have been kind of surprising. Uh, and then I think that the the other time is was in 2012 where both weren't really championship contenders and kind of got sw- swept out of the second round. So for the first time, there's this feeling that we might finally get the hallway series. We might finally get a playoff series between the Lakers and the Clippers and according to Las Vegas, those are the top two teams in the league. So it's a really cool moment in Los Angeles sports where it's like they're going to begin the season on um, opening night and they're going to also play on Christmas night. So I I really do believe this, and I'm not just saying this because I'm from Los Angeles, but these are the top two teams in the league. And I'm very curious to see, you know, how that first game shakes out because obviously Paul George is not going to be able to play, and um, we'll see Kyle Kuzma can play for the Lakers. But this is just going to be a fun series to watch during the course of the season. You know, which team is the team of Los Angeles? Now, uh, do you feel, and and, and I know you are – from the 818, um, you are uh, someone that grew up as, you know, the Lakers were dominant, and you've lived in L.A., you've seen it, you've seen kind of this clip resurgence, as I call it, in the last five years. Even though Lob City was Lob City, um, do, you, do you think Laker fans are insecure in regards to thinking, they, are they worried about the Clippers? Is that why there's so much hate? I feel like there's so much hate. It's like, come on. Like, what have the Clippers ever done to you? Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely hear a lot more, like, move, like, move to Seattle, leave the Staples Center, you're not wanted in Los Angeles from their fans than I did before because I think prior to that, they didn't really worry about the Clippers. They didn't think about the Clippers. That was not anyone that was of any concern to them, right? Because they had Shaq and Kobe and Phil Jackson, and they were, you know, doing what they were doing. But I think it began with Chris Paul, right? Because Chris Paul was supposed to go to the Lakers, and not only did he not go to the Lakers, he went to the Clippers. And during that period of time, like, it started this run of Clippers playoff teams. And while they never won a championship, 
Clippers were a top five team in the league, while the Lakers were one of the worst teams in the league. And it really began with that Chris Paul trade. And, you know, there's so many fans who still to this day believe, like, Chris Paul should have been on the Lakers. And then you fast forward a couple of years now, Paul George uh, last summer, and now Kawhi. Uh, those were two local products who I think a lot of fans in Los Angeles expected to find with the Lakers. Again, not only did they not come to the Lakers, they both chose to come to the Clippers. And so now there's this feeling of, okay, now like they're championship contenders, they're getting some of the best players in the league who we believe should come to the Lakers. So there is a rivalry and there is a little bit of an insecurity where, um, you know, okay, we we kind of put up with you while you were like one of the worst teams in the league. But now that you're a championship contender and not only a championship contender, taking players and even coaches, like look at Ty Lue. Ty Lue is an assistant with the Clippers. Doc is a guy that the Lakers, I think, would have loved to, like if everything was the same, you know, had. So, like, you know, now they're taking players and coaches that they would have all liked to have, and there's a feeling of, okay, that, that – So and by the way, that's the seed of a, of a rivalry, that insecurity, that competition. That That's good. That's healthy. Yeah, I mean, that's something that I think – Laker fans have never had to deal with. You said it. Like over the years, even when the Clipper teams have been good, uh, I, I, I still feel like you know the Lakers, the Laker fans, even though that the, the team has not made the playoffs since what 2012, 2013, they hold on to the sense yeah. of pride. They hold on to uh, you, you know uh, their DVD players and their banners, and they you know they don't have a sense of reality of of where, how the game has changed. They they go back to Kobe and they go back to Showtime. And, you know, now that they have LeBron and the, when, once they got AD too, there was this sense, it, and I don't think the national scope gets it as much as we do that live in LA, realize that like when they got AD, everyone thought for a good 48 hour period that Kawhi was going to the Lakers. And then when that didn't happen, it was, uh oh. Well, we're still the Lakers. I, I, I mean, is is that part of the 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 Laker kind of you know? I don't want to say it insecurity for fans, but just that that kind of sense of you know we're going to get what we want. Yeah, I mean, Mike, when they open up that third max slot, so when they made the trade, there was this feeling of oh, did they screw up the trade because they didn't get a third max slot? But then they when they made the proper moves to get that max slot everybody believes that they didn't create that cap room for you name the player. They created that cap room for Kawhi Leonard and Kawhi Leonard was going to come to the Lakers. And that, that was like the expectation. And, you know, when you looked at some of the reporting at that time of like the Clippers are no longer in consideration and he's not going to go back to Toronto, he's going to join the Lakers. And I mean, it was the most fascinating story because like, Kawhi is a pretty private guy with a pretty small circle, and so I don't think anyone really truly knew what was happening. And uh, but there is this feeling of like the Lakers aren't going to create a max lot not to get Kawhi, and they're the Lakers at the end of the day. And so um, you know they get what they want, as you mentioned. And so when they didn't get Kawhi, and they ended up not only getting Kawhi uh, but Paul George who, again, if you go back to last season, that was the dynamic duo the Lakers wanted. They wanted to get with their, with their two max slots, Paul George and LeBron James. They got LeBron James, they didn't get Paul George. And so 
for Paul George and Kawhi Leonard to really make the choice over the last two summers to not join the Lakers and they ended up with the Clippers, I, I just think that is such a seminal moment in Clippers history. And, you know, we'll see what shakes out. But, I mean, there's a feeling of, listen, at the very least, we'll be in the conference finals. And at the very best, and this could very well happen, that they win their first championship. So, I mean, it was just such a drastic turn of events, and it really goes to kind of what the culture that's really changed there with Steve Ballmer and Jerry West, Trent Redden and Doc Rivers and everyone else. I mean, it's, a, it's just a culture shift now. Well, and you brought up a very, very good point, and, that, and that's the thing. is that I really feel like the Clippers have, as an organization, they've embraced, you know, a culture. They've embraced, you know – this hustle over hype as they're calling it. Um, but that's what kind yeah. of, you know, you know, they, 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 it started with Steve Ballmer. It, well, no, it started with Doc Rivers and he evolved, yeah. you know, it, it, and then it goes to Ballmer. They put together this dream team front office. It, it's kind of a 180 of what the Lakers were, right? Wouldn't you say that? Like it's yeah. back in the heydays. Yeah, I mean, Mike, I mean, it really kind of begins with, like, you know, back in the day when the Lakers would go out and talk to players, for example, and you kind of sit down in front of the table and you have Jerry Bust and Jerry West and Pat Riley or Phil Jackson, and it's just like, that's an organization that I want to play for. And you kind of fast forward to now with Steve Ballmer and Doc Rivers and Jerry West and Lawrence Sharp Frank and that group, and it's like that, you know, and so there was that period of time with the Lakers where you're like, Okay, is now I'm meeting with like Jeannie Bus and um well, you know, Rob Lincoln, Linda Rambis and Kurt Rambis and Tim Harris and it's like what like that 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 does that group doesn't carry the same gravitas. And so yes. with the Lakers, you know, I think not having that kind of core group and like, you know, when I mean that that's that's a Hall of Fame contingent when you talk about Dr. Jerry Bus. Jerry West and whether it's Phil Jackson or Pat Riley, you want to play for that group. Yep. Yeah, and 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 I mean, not listen. I I, I will always you know respect the the Lakers for what they have done in the past, but when you're bringing in Rob Lowe and you know the Randis <laughs> family uh, to meetings, it, it, it's not the same as Doc Rivers who. Again, I'll go back to you know the Sterling the Sterling Gate and everything that went down with that, how he handled that, not just as a coach, but as a leader. And you, you were there for that. And then you have Ballmer, yeah. who's, who's w- willing to, you know, get on a jet pack and go through anything for an, a team. And the logo himself, it's, it's tough, you know, to turn that down compared to the clown car. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's going to be really interesting because this is LeBron's final act. Is that that's we're it's safe to say that correct? Well, yeah. I mean, I, I think he'll play twenty seasons. I mean, I, I just kind of think he wants to hit that magic number. So whether that's what does that mean, four more years or three more years? But I think he'll play a few more years. Yeah, uh, but this is his last true crack. Yeah, yeah. This is trying trying exactly. trying to do it. You have AD, who you know is you know we, we all know a top five you know, top seven player. Uh, looking at these mm-hmm. two, I want to I look actually at the players. 
do you feel, which I mean, I, I feel the Clipper roster is more balanced and poses more problems than the Lakers, correct? Wouldn't you wouldn't you say that in regards to, you know, of course you have AD and, and Yeah, there's certain LeBron. matchups on both fronts. Yeah, there's certain matchups on both fronts, but I, I'm curious how they, um, you know, what they do there with um, Anthony Davis with the Lakers. Who do the Clippers match up? With him, do they do it one-on-one, or do they try to kind of double-team him? Because I think that's the biggest matchup uh, discrepancy. Like, if you're trying to put, like, um, contrast Harrell um, on him, like, that, 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 that that's probably not going to work out that well. But, um, but, listen, I think anytime you have two of the best two-way players in the league, and I think they are the two best two-way players, and... Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. I mean, that's going to be tough. And then you kind of combine that with a a core group that came out of nowhere to win almost 50 games last year with Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams and Montrose Harrell. And um, it's it's just a a good, fun, gritty group that I think all of a sudden you add two of the top players there, I believe two of the top 10 players. um, That's, like you said, a more well-rounded team. Yeah, and, and, you know, I want to kind of step back because I, I always get into this now that we have, even though this this form of the Clippers with Kawhi and, and, and PG hasn't played with this team, comparing it to the Lob City, I again, nationally, I feel like people will gravitate towards this Clipper team more and root for them more than they I did the so. Lob City team. Right, don't you say? I mean, that's one thing I felt. One hundred percent. Yeah. The Lob City team was a, a little more whiny. Not not to take anything away from them being a fun team. They didn't. It, it didn't work. And and if we look at the history, if you look at the history books, like I, I always feel like part of that Lob City team always thought that they were going to be the Warriors, and then the Warriors decided yes. to just break through. And and here we are now, you know, basically five years later. Actually, it's ironic too because Bomber bought the team five years ago. Here we are with this team, and this is inception of the Clippers. That is kind of what they finally wanted to do. And they 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 didn't just do a rebuild. They they kind of remodeled the house, and now they're kind of they're one of the top teams in the league. Yeah, I mean, I think I think the big thing that they have here is Kawhi. They have a two-time Finals MVP champion, guy who's proven that he'll step up his game in those big moments. And, you know, not a knock on Lost City, but, like, there was no one in that main core group that had even made it past the second round of the playoffs. When you look at Chris, Blake, DeAndre, Jamal Crawford, like, like no, no one in that group had made it past the second round of the playoffs. And so... You know, if there was a feeling that that group would finally get past that and get there, and but so number one, they 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 didn't have a player who was known as a champion, and so that was a problem. But also, also, um, you know, the, just in 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 big moments, to kind of crumble time and time again. It was it was just like this this feeling that they're a good team. But they were never viewed as like the test team, and so I, I think, and I don't know this 100% true, but I think for the first time in their franchise history, they are a favorite to win the championship, according to some books in Las Vegas. Like with Chris Paul, Blake, 
DeAndre, that group. I think they were always in maybe the top five, top three at the best, but they were never the favorites. Um, so for the first time in their history, they go into the season, according to some books, and I know it might be different depending on where you go, but in many books, the Clippers are the team. No, and and that's a, that's, and that's a great point you brought up. I think it, with the Lop City teams, they I, I, they were always probably one of the top – they were definitely probably a, a top three to five team in the league, but you had the Heat. Yes. You had the, you had OKC still with Russ and KD. You you had the um, you know the, the climbing Warriors at the time, and you still had the Spurs. So I mean, it wasn't a given. And every time things got tough, they, they it didn't fall their way. And you know this, you know this covering any sport. And Doc Rivers has always said this: like you need health, and you need to be good, but you need luck. And the Clippers never, yeah. <laughs> never got any luck. No. You know, but you know that. Like, and and, and watching Kawhi last year uh, for the Raptors, like they were healthy, you know, they were good, and they got plenty of luck. Yeah, it, but that's just what you need to do to win I a title. I'll, I'll tell. But then, you know what I what I tell people because they there's always this feeling that the Clippers, the Lost City Clippers didn't live up to their potential, and they always go back to some of their, you know, the moments where they didn't break through. And I will say this. I, I, I never felt they were as good as Luton. And they, they are the last Western Conference team, by the way, to beat the Golden State Warriors um, in the playoffs. So that, that's something. But once that season was done, the Warriors became the class of the league. And so, like, let's go to some of their close calls. Like, if they... They should have beaten Houston to get to the conference championship game. So let's just say they, they had beaten Houston in that game six. I don't foresee any scenario where that entire team beats Golden State in the next round. Now, what it, it, it would have been great for them to get to the conference finals, and it would have been great uh, for them to play the Warriors, but I don't think they were going to beat the Warriors. I, I don't think that was a championship team. Go to the next season. I think where they played the, the Utah Jazz, no, Portland, Portland, and then Utah. And both of those uh, years, the guys got hurt. And they lose the first round. Well, if they had won, they would have faced the Golden State Warriors in the second round. And listen, and as good as I really did believe that that Lock City Clippers team was, at that point in time, when you go past that Donald Sterling fiasco and you begin that Balmer period, they were never as good as the Warriors. And by the way, it's not a knock on the Clippers. No team in the league, if they were healthy, were as good as the Warriors. So as good as Lob City was, I'm not of the belief that they fell below expectations or they, they were a disappointment. I mean, like they, they were never, in my view, when you looked at the Warriors, a championship team. Now, in, in, in comparison to that Lob City team, you look at this current Clipper team. You have Kawhi Leonard. He, he's ended two dynasties. Um, he, yeah. He he uh, he he's a dog. We know that he's one of the best players in the NBA. You have a guy in Paul George, played with one shoulder and was top three in MVP voting last year. He's a killer too. And then you have Lou Williams. So now we're looking at you know yeah. three guys on any night can put daggers in other teams yep. on top of. On top of what I think is very crucial in the NBA is to have other guys that, you know, can go for 15 
at any time. Your shamits, your trezes, you know, you, you have these, you, you, even your Mo Harklesses. There are multiple guys on this team that can, can pose many threats and go off. Don't you agree? Yeah, 100%. And that Mo Harkless uh, um, acquisition, no one's really talking about because, listen, if you have a summer where you do what the Clippers did, that one gets lost. But I'm telling you right now, don't know what that guy did with Portland, knowing the kind of success that they had with him. That was a huge addition to that team. And so, um, you know, as we progress into the season, we're going to be talking about his name a ton. Yeah, I just, I, I really feel like if you look at this team, like sure, sure the Clippers have a, 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 a problem, a backup point guard, especially if Patrick Beverly were to go down. Uh, you know, outside of Zoo, you're probably playing Trez at the five a lot, so you have a lot of depth there. But wing-wise, like this team is very, very interchangeable. And I think that's that's going to pose problems on opposing teams more than saying like, oh, well, the Clippers don't have someone for AD. They don't have someone for uh, mm. for, for Jokic. You know, they don't have someone for Embiid. Well, they what teams can can guard a bunch of guys that are you know six eight? Plus, you have you know arguably three of the top ten defenders in the league. Exactly. I mean, it's just it's a, it, it, there's so many matchup problems around the league when people are saying, you know, who's the best team and who's doing this and that. You know, like I want to side with the Clippers right now, but there are certain matchup issues that I, I want to see how they play out. And by the way, we're not going to know for sure, you know, if if the Clippers don't make adjustments or the Lakers don't make adjustments. Or by the way, what the teams are going to look like. There's a guy by the name of Andre Iguodala out there who's probably going to sign with one of these two teams at some point this year. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm really – this is such an exciting season, Mike, because I think there was this feeling for the last few years that, well, it's just the Warriors. And to be honest, while they didn't win every year, they were pretty much going to come out of the West every year, and they did. And so now for the first time there's this question of Clippers, Lakers, but not only that, like you got like the Nuggets and you got Houston and you got the Jazz and you got Portland. I mean, it's just, it's just such a wide-open year. No, it really is, and it, it's great to see uh, some, you know, semblance, especially in the West. I mean, the West is brutal. The yeah. East, you're, you're probably looking at, you know, two or three teams that realistically can get out of the East. But the balance of power, uh, it's going to come down to matchups. It's going to come down to, you know, yeah. adjustments in the playoffs. It, it's going to be such an exciting uh, season. I mean, I, I, Clipper Nation success excited. The Jaguars excited for the possibility of a Clippers <laughs> finals, uh, which is very possible, Rosh. Very possible. It is. Um, it is. And before I let you go, a couple things. First off, I want to say this. I know, I know it might be a little bit of a bold move and get under Laker fans, but I'm going to say that Kawhi Leonard is a better postseason player than Kobe Bryant was in, in the postseason. Am I wrong? If you look, man, that is bold, look, Mike. I I cannot but agree look, with you. If there you, if you look like, at that, uh, but I know. how many how many clutch shots has Kobe hit besides the the game four uh, against the Suns, which they did not win the series? Um, how that many? Uh, think about it. it. Go through what Kobe did in his postseason career. Take away, I, I'm saying, putting his print on the game and and taking those shots. Who who was yeah. who's been more valuable? 
And and Kawhi's not done. I'm just saying that no, I, yeah. I I feel that I feel that that Kobe Bryant is good as a player as he is, and this is coming from a guy that. Saw Kobe play in high school, not being that guy. Gonna yeah, I'm going to be that. Yeah. <laughs> He's an Eagle fan, too. I know. And he was supposed right. to be in a Clipper at one point. He was supposed to be in a Clipper. But right. I, feel, I feel that Kawhi already has exceeded Kobe in regards to postseason. But you, you see where I'm coming That's from. What you know, Mike, that is a great hot take. I cannot agree with you. But, I mean, you're not you're – not, you, you have – Facts to back you up. You, you do but have I do. major shots. I do. I do. You know, I do. so it's not I, a crazy take. I, it is okay, a hot I, take, though. But yeah, because if you look at like Kobe Bryant playoff games, there's not really one that you're like, oh god, that was uh, that was like an MJ game. That was like a you know, uh, even Clay Thompson going crazy against the the uh, the Thunder. You know, like you you never yeah. you, you there aren't many of those Kobe moments. Not to take anything away from Kobe, I'm just saying Kawhi. Is a better postseason player than Kobe Bryant, and yeah. here comes here comes the hate. Um, before I let you go, I want to know what, what what's your final predict finals prediction? What do you who who are you matching up in the finals? I will say that I'm going to adjust this during the course of the season, so everyone's oh, going to be like, "What you picked this?" So, you're you you know, like the guy you know that's what, in I'm charge gonna, of his uh, NCAA bracket. I know, right? <laughs> um, I, I am going to begin this season just because I think it would be such a cool moment in Los Angeles for a Clippers championship. So there'll be Clippers over Milwaukee in the NBA Finals. Clippers over Milwaukee. Ooh, that would uh, that would be good. That that, that would be a good. I'm, I, again, I'm going. I'm going Clippers. I'm going Clippers Sixers. And uh, the Mike Jaglin two week meltdown. Team Jaguar. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Mike Jaglin Bowl. Well, Arash, um, you are the best. Um, hopefully, I see you at the baby shower. And uh, yes, Clipper Nation. <laughs> yeah, Clipper Nation. Uh, check Arash up on Twitter and Instagram. Again, I'm proud of everything that you have done for LA, for your career, and your transformation. Uh, just in general, with your weight loss. Um, read his articles on LA Times uh, and. Clipper Nation, Arash does love Clipper Nation. Don't think he doesn't. So all you Clipper fans that want to hate that think that uh, Arash <laughs> does not like the Clippers, he does like the Clippers. He's rooted for him for years. He got it from those guys <laughs> at, at 7 and 10 for years when they called him the Clipper Gnome. He's in our, he's in our corner. Good. All right? Well, you all go right. and go, uh, go keep on uh, doing your thing. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. You're the best. We'll talk to you soon. You're the best. Thank you, Arash. That was uh, phenomenal. Uh, Follow Arash on Twitter. Make sure you read the LA Times. Uh, Arash is, to me, the mayor of Los Angeles in regards to sports reporting. He's an 818 boy uh, till he dies. Um, And I'm just so proud of what Arash has accomplished in his life uh, as a writer, what he has gone through personally, and his transformation with his weight loss has been phenomenal. And so, Clipper Nation, you know, uh, don't hate, don't be a hater. Uh, I know he can uh, be critical of the Clippers from time to time, but you know he's showing love, and we all know that this is um, slowly turning into uh, a full Clipper Nation nationwide. Uh, I, I believe the national pundits have picked the Clippers to 
win the title, which I believe too. I think it'll be a uh, Clippers Sixers uh, finals, which is the worst of all evils for the Jaguar. Uh, but um, in 1969, in uh, the old Big Apple, there was a team called the uh, New York Mets, and they won the title that year. Now, it will always be primarily a Yankee town in New York, but there are a ton of Mets fans now, and they built something strong. That, that is what I believe the Clippers are starting to build here in Los Angeles. Well, we all know that the Lakers will have their banners, and they'll have Kobe, uh, and they'll have Showtime. And uh, I mean, listen, I love Back to the Future, and I used to use DVD players. But right now, it's about the Clippers. We have to embrace that we first and foremost have a rivalry now between the Clippers and Lakers. It's going to be the most featured, basically, matchup throughout the season. Opening night, Christmas Day. Let's embrace it. And Clipper Nation, we can put all these Laker haters to sleep. You're going to see a team that is hustle over hype. That is something to be proud of over an 82-game season. Sure, we're going to overreact. We're going to freak out if things don't go well out of the gates. But remember... This is a marathon, not a race. And the goal is to get Larry in June. Till next time, I'm your host, Mike Jaglin, the Jaguar. Captain Clip, take a sip. Until the next Clip Fix, everybody, this is Captain Clip signing off. We love you. Stay safe. Stay a Clipper. Clipper.